Today is September 13th, 2020. This is episode 22 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. So in this episode, I wanted to do my first kind of dive into a piece of news. Um, One of the things when I started this show is that uh, I, I thought it would be interesting to take the opportunity if something came up that whether it's like to whatever subject matter it was related to, I could take a, a look at a piece of news or some kind of story or idea in the news and just kind of have a chat about it. And I, I guess I've done that a couple of times, but it wasn't it wasn't really a direct thing. Like it wasn't intentional on my part. It was kind of more tangential. But um, today I want to talk specifically about a certain idea that I read about yesterday. And I'm going to include a link to this piece in the Telegraph um, from yesterday. And basically, it's talking about um, the the connection between wearing face masks and eventual immunity to COVID-19 and how those come together. And we could potentially be able to um, get things closer to normal, like get life closer to normal before a vaccine if everyone continues to wear face masks um, and just the connection there. So. Um, yeah, go find the link if you want to read this, read that before, but otherwise, um, yeah, I might just put you to this piece, like honestly, before talk, before listening to me talk about it, read it, and then you might not even need to listen to me, but if you want to come back and, and you can hear what I think about it. Anyways, the idea here is that, um, a study in the New England Journal of Medicine saw, like, I'm basically going through this article and, and kind of responding to it. Um, <laughs> this is like public servant reacts to the news. Um, so I want to talk about, yes, face masks, potential immunity, and the reasons for it. So so the article seems to suggest, and, and um, this is referencing the New England Journal of Medicine, that people wearing face masks, if it, the idea is if everyone wears face masks, if that's kind of the standard, um, no matter how else you do it, like if no matter how else you track this virus, no matter how else you do contact tracing, no matter how else you close things down, if everybody's wearing masks at as much of the time as possible, um, the amount of actual virus, the amount of actual COVID virus that's getting into the air and the amount of virus that's then like, because if everyone's wearing a mask, then the amount of virus in the air is getting like, it's getting blocked on the way out and it's also getting blocked on the way in. So even if you come into close contact with somebody who has had it, um, you can you can reduce the amount of actual virus you intake. And so the the idea here is talking about um, a connection between the viral load, the dose you get of the actual virus at the beginning, and the amount of sick you get. So the the seriousness of symptoms, um, how much the disease affects you overall, whether you are more likely to spread it, all these things. Um, yeah, so talking about, the idea is here that it's this is a theory again, and like it's it is um, not dangerous, but like we're reopening anyways. So anything we can do to reduce the spread, even theoretically, is is good. And like especially the spread of of serious infections. So talking about reducing the severity of the virus and ensuring that more new infections are asymptomatic. Um, yeah. So so this to me, uh, the reason I want to talk about it is because it makes common sense that this would happen. Um, because like we've been hearing for a long time that if you get it, the more you get it, like the if you're if somebody is sick and you're like making out with them, 
that's the worst possible. Like that you're just like you're full on like eating their virus. <laughs> Never want to kiss anybody else ever again. Um, describing it that way. But the idea is if you're like 20 feet away from somebody talking to them like they're con- and they're contagious, um, even if they're just talking or coughing or whatever, the odds that any of those particles or like any significant number of those particles is going to get to you, they'd have to like travel through the air and like it's like shining a flashlight at something 100 meters away. Like it's going to not get lit up very much. Um, this person is not going to get a lot of virus from being 20 feet away from you. But if they are only one foot away from you and you're like face to face with them, the odds are a lot higher that more viral particles are going to get to you. And yeah, the research has shown or is starting to show that the more virus you inhale or like breathe in, whatever it is, the the worse your disease or your the run of the um, infection is likely to be. And so anything you can do to while like, you know, getting back things back to normal as possible, the more you can reduce that the number of particles that it get a contagious person is exhaling and somebody who hasn't had it and has no antibodies is inhaling um the better the more you can do that the better and the idea here is that even if you get um even if you get a non-serious virus like once you get over a certain threshold even if you get a non-serious case with no symptoms it does start it's starting to seem like you are there's a good chance you're protected and i still think of um i still think that a vaccine is really going to be the biggest thing like um my wife and i were talking yesterday she said even if i even like we were talking about antibody tests she's like i want to take an antibody test because it'd be cool to know if i had this and i just happened to not be symptomatic and like we we were responsible and stayed home so like absolutely it's 100 percent theoretically possible that our family had it and we went through and it was at a time like in march or april or um may like it's very possible that we had it and just none of us happen to have symptoms it's unlikely but um like it is possible and so we were curious about wanting to get antibody tests before getting a vaccine like uh, just out of curiosity not out of any real need and just to know if whether we had it or not and and she said that even even if i did have it i would still want to get a vaccine and yeah like i totally agree with that (laughs) It just seems like a good idea to get a vaccine no matter what, Um, just because that's like once we get to that stage where everyone's getting the vaccine, um, it's been proven safe and it's been proven effective at um, building up antibodies so that you're not going to get this again. And um, yeah, so it's kind of fascinating to think of the idea that it, it almost like one of the things I was thinking about, if this turns out to be true, it seems like something you could do. And again. obviously there'd need to be so much study on this before something therapeutic was done but it's like um if there was a way to give somebody like it would depend on the the, um how this affects more vulnerable people like if if somebody who is 70 plus reacts differently than somebody who's 30 and gets like a dose small enough not to kill you does that does that protect you or does it like is the low dose threshold on an older person or immunocompromised person or whatever um if it's so much lower that it's not going to confer immunity then that's that's a whole different thing but assuming that there is some some dose threshold of the virus that will give you a an infection but not a serious one and then make you immune 
like if that's true, then we do not need like again, that's that's like a whole thing. But if all of that is true, setting aside whether it is or not for for the moment, um, you wouldn't need a vaccine. You'd need like a little caplet that has a specified amount of a virus in it, or like um some kind of thing that you inject or ingest that has a small amount of virus. And I don't like it. Sure, you can do some kind of at the point where all this starts like um at the point where you start really thinking through the natural consequences of this you're like this is just a vaccine you idiot um but if there was a quick way for a lot of people to get a tiny bit of virus into them um and that would then confer immunity to them um like that is technically faster than doing all the work like again usually it's decades of work but like billions of dollars worth of research into a vaccine um if we can, if you could have like the five sick people, the five like really, really sick people in your town or city, like obviously it scales up, but if you could get a bunch of uh, uh, several sick people from your city to like cough specific doses of the virus at you while wearing a mask and you're wearing a mask so that like you're doing everything you can to, to control the dose um, and actually controlling a dose, like that would be kind of a fascinating way to um give everybody some form of immunity and i i I assume like it says it says in the article here that um yeah the the idea is you're not symptomatic and so you you might not even notice but like this is all it everything we're seeing is that this thing seems to react to different kinds of people and different we don't know if it's genetics. We don't know if it's just environmental, but it seems to react. Everyone seems to react differently. And so there's all different kinds of symptoms you can get. You can get um, like brain symptoms. You can get heart symptoms. You can get lung symptoms. Um, you can get all kinds of things that like myocarditis, like a heart infection that you might not even notice, but like you can just suddenly die out of nowhere years after having this or like months or whatever after having myocarditis and like that's terrifying but what is the likelihood that that's going to happen like that's why this that's why i have had no issue just staying inside and not going near anybody for months is that there's just so much we don't know and it's information is constantly changing like at the very beginning of this in february or march um we would talk like friends and i would talk and be like you know i just want to get it and get it over with and like then you don't have to quarantine anymore then you don't have to worry and like i probably said that and like deep in your mind i think that's like a really satisfying way to to end this but like we don't know there's so much we don't know and the time scale of this compared to most um like most emergency dangers is so weird to our mind to like the way our our psyche and psychology works like the only comparison that I can think of um, where facts change so quickly and like the evidence shifts and and there's all kinds of um, there's all kinds of norms like standards for how these things play out in like for example psychology is in active shooter situations so I was um, oh, I forget what year that was, was that that couldn't have been 2012 it was like 2016 or something um, when the the shooter came to parliament hill and was um basically i think it turns out all that happened was they entered the parliament or they they shot someone on the steps of um 
the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and then went up to the Parliament building and went inside and like started shooting at things, but didn't actually hit anybody because like they they had a specific goal in mind, whatever it was. Um, but for like, so I was downtown while that was happening. I was actually in the Department of National Defense building, um, like one of the more secure places in Canada. And we were basically told you can't leave. Um, nobody's coming into this building. Nobody's going out of this building. And it was like at least five or six hours that that was the case because they didn't know what was happening. And like, so you could read, you were reading news reports and seeing like there are three shooters and while well, like one of them went to the mall and there were all these theories floating around and all this inaccurate information that was like slowly getting corrected and fact checked and and worked out to what the actual details were. And like people were posting, you know, Oftentimes, this information changes so quickly. It's not often multiple people. It's often one person. When you when you see this kind of active active shooter situations, it's usually one person. So the odds that it's three people that are like roaming around the city is is very very low. But we didn't know, and so it's like you can't. You, nobody wants to be the person that risks it and then is wrong. So like, there was no way I was go leaving the DND building at that time because. The information was just all over the place. And similarly, it feels like this feels like the exact same thing, except played out instead of playing out over a number of hours. This is playing out over a number of months. And it honestly feels like, um, again, with with viruses, the thing is, the thing often is, oh, yeah, this like viruses are airborne. They tend to be airborne. And then everybody, the information came out that, oh, you know, that is true, but in this case, we're lucky because it's not. It's just spread by contact and like droplets, which is like the idea that somebody basically has to spit on you um, to to pass this along. And so you can avoid it just by not coughing in someone's face. Like that was the early um, evidence seemed to point to that. But we're finding out now, like, no, this is pretty much like every other virus. Like you can you can just be sitting in a room with somebody that has it. And over time, um, it will get you through the air. And, um, but we didn't know that at the, at the, originally, we didn't know that at the time. And so it feels like, again, my reaction is the exact same. Like, let's just sit it out. Let's just wait. I don't want to get this thing and then have it turn out to, you know, what happens if two years down the road, five years down the road, everybody, or like, let's say 10% of people who have gotten this have died because they had heart issues that nobody caught or like, yeah, like I said, there's been lots of encephalitis, like brain swelling and that's causing symptoms. Like who knows what the long-term effects of that are. Um, if in five years, 10% of the people who got this thing have died just over time, like not even due to an active infection, just due to damage done during the infection. Like I'm not risking that with all these unknowns. And, um, it makes it really scary and it makes me overcautious about this. But I also know that I would rather be safe and live out my life with my family than go for the short term risk of like, I'm not letting this unseen microscopic thing change my life. Like I much rather live my life to the best of my ability while being safe. And um, this, <laughs> I'll wrap this up for now for this episode but man this took a tangent and i'm here for it because this has this has been very um interesting to me to just think about so i hope it was interesting to you as well and probably not going to talk about the coronavirus so much in the next episodes but um 
this was always interesting this is always interesting to me and I, i'm fascinated to see where this episode went anyways talk to you in the next one bye